there, and welcome to Good Podcasting, a show designed to help you create, launch, and grow your podcast. My name's Brian, and today I'm talking to Mariel Fry, host of Travel Experiences Reimagined, who has turned her passion for travel into a podcast highlighting unique tours and experiences for travelers all over the world. She's just now approaching her one-year anniversary as a podcaster, and already has a wealth of knowledge and insight to share with anyone interested in starting a podcast. I think you will enjoy this conversation as much as I did. So let's go ahead and jump into today's episode. Mariel, it is good to see you. Welcome to Good Podcasting. Glad to have you on. Yes, thank you so much, Brian. I'm looking forward to it and really excited to be here. Yeah, and for those who don't know, I don't know why they would know, this is our second attempt at recording this interview. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, which is one of the things that probably we sh- I will address in another episode of Good Podcasting is your internet connection if you're doing remote interviews. And it was bad on my end that day. Things cut off. So it's good to see you. Hopefully we'll get more than 10 minutes in this time before we get cut off. My fingers and toes are crossed, but I'm yeah. very optimistic. <laughs> I am as well. I am as well. Hey, tell us a little bit about your your podcast is called Travel Experiences Reimagined. And I imagine that that comes from a love of travel. So tell Huge. us how you got into the travel world. Is that your background or is that just the passion that you've developed? So a bit of both. I worked at a travel agency for about four years and I just had the bug for travel My first trip was to Israel, actually. I went on birthright. And from there, I just thought the world is a magical, beautiful place. And I want to go and see and do as much as I possibly can. So for me, the best part of a vacation, of course, it's being there and looking at everything. But I really think when you go somewhere, it's the people. The people make it magical. The people make it amazing. Just as much as people don't make it magical and don't make it amazing. And I've done some amazing tours uh, all throughout the world motorcycle tours, food tours, walking tours, museum tours. And the people you meet along the way are just inspirational and wonderful and really sensational where they're local, they know their area, they're experts, they can tell you the hidden gems, those off the beaten path places that people really look for nowadays. And so on my podcast, I interview these people to really get into it, just getting their background, their story, why they started a podcast going into logistics and understanding of their tour, how long is it, how many people, public, private, et cetera, top places, recommendations, some fun conversation. And at the end, it's just really shamelessly plugging away. And so when you are able to fit that in, you know, 40 minutes and to learn something, (laughs) I just loved it. And I loved the idea of a podcast. I remember from our previous conversation, you said you would do a lot of tours. And I think you mentioned that. Did you ever plan your own trips or have you always connected with people who are putting these tour tours together? So I plan my own trips. So essentially I'll give you a perfect example. Yeah. I went away to Italy with a girlfriend of mine. I'll just mention the Rome part just to keep it simple and not too intricate. But when I planned all of this out, so when we landed in Rome, it was about two o'clock in the afternoon. So the first thing I do sounds a little silly, but I'll shower right away, especially different time zone. You kind of want to get it Plus, like the airports, right? And the airplane. Oh, yeah. You want to get, get the You got to get the travel <laughs> off of you for sure. 100%. So it's <laughs> taking a shower, getting really comfortable, and walking for a couple hours and being spontaneous. I think just getting the lay of land and understanding where you are just gives you a little bit of wanderlust. Then the next day was an all day tour day. Beginning was going to the Vatican, getting, you know, a public group. 
and you book that because if you want to wait online for the Vatican, forget it. You're probably not getting in. <laughs> so to do a tour is worth every penny. Then my girlfriend and I got lunch. And then after we took an Uber to go to do a Coliseum tour. And so we really made that whole day, you know, adventure and tour. Okay. The next day, so the second full day there, we did a half day Vespa tour, which I highly recommend in Rome. And I just love Vespas anyway, but in Rome is such a big city that it's a great tour to do. Highly recommend them. And then the rest of the day was just being adventurous, spontaneous, and wandering. And then the last day, right, was just taking everything that we learned over the past few days and just exploring, right? Packing our stuff because then we went to the next location. And I felt it was enough to do tours and wander, but it's not an overload personally. And so I would research these tours. I would look at reviews. I would try to find them on social media just to get a sense of who they were and if I could get along with them, right? See if other people <laughs> like them and just really find that good magic. When you're doing your interviews, when you're contacting people, are you contacting or are you interviewing people that you meet along the way or are you contacting travel agents specifically for your podcast who are setting up these tours to help others figure out where to go and what to do? So I actually haven't met a lot of these people. I've met very few of them. I, when I initially started, I would just pitch out, to be honest. I okay. sent at least 50 to 100 emails a day. I've probably sent at least 500 emails. And so I had a couple people really interested. Some of them I have been able to meet, but predominantly I don't. Occasionally, it's a travel agent. I'm going to say about 90% of my podcast is different tour guides. Okay. I've had tour guides from Puerto Rico, uh, Mexico, all throughout Europe, even Asia. I had someone throughout America. And I try to mix it up where I'm talking to people who are local, right? Sure. If I interview a food tour person out of Atlanta, I would hope that they've lived in Atlanta a long time. I hope that they would know enough about Atlanta where I can ask them questions on the best hidden gems to go, yeah. the best, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, the best his speakeasy or cocktail place. Like I expect that person to know just as much as I expect somebody who does museums, right, out of London. What are the best yeah. museums to go to? What are the best times of day to go to? What is a kid-friendly one? What's the best solo one? And it's really unraveling that conversation and asking those questions because I get all types of people listening to my podcast. It's older, it's younger, it's people with families, people solo, people with a partner. I think travel is for everyone. And I yeah. love that my podcast caters to tourists. But I've actually had tour guides interested too, which surprised me because yeah. I didn't think tour guides would listen. Um, but they ended up liking it because they wanted to learn from other tour guides and what they were doing. So it's been a very interesting process that I personally learned a lot from myself. When you talk to travel agents or tour guides, do you are they always local people or do they send people to different places? So if you, you mentioned Atlanta, right? So you're interviewing someone from Atlanta. They live in Atlanta or do they... Do you also talk to people who say, hey, we set up tours in Israel and we set up tours in Rome and we set up tours in Los Angeles? Or is it always the local person that you're talking with? So it depends who I'm talking to, right? If it's a tour guide, typically they're from there, right? I interviewed, let's say Jorge, right? From Unique Quality Tours. Okay. Born and raised in Puerto Rico, loved loves Puerto Rico, will probably never leave Puerto Rico unless to vacation otherwise, but he loves where he lives. He breathes where he lives. He knows the coolest places to go mm -hmm. to. And he's someone who just breathes that. I also know people just, let's say, Lucrezia from Secret Venice Tours, who's from Venice, but moved all across Europe for, let's say, 10, 15 years, and then ended up going back to Venice because she loved it so much and wanted to become a tour guide and show people her local experiences and what she loved. 
Then I also deal with travel agents who find experiences, right? And look online for that person. So I'm not privy to anybody in particular. My biggest thing on the podcast is if you host an experience or if you help people book experiences, either one of those is fine. I end up just predominantly getting people who are tour guides local to their area or who have been in their area long enough where they feel they can be experts. Yeah. Where is the most intriguing place that you've interviewed someone from? Like maybe you haven't been there and you'd like to go now that you've talked to them. Oh gosh, that's a great question. So (laughs) many, to be honest with you. I interviewed a woman from the Philippines and that was very interesting to understand her perspective of the world. I really, our interview was interesting because her Wi-Fi wasn't great, which is something you learn internationally, plus with time zones. But she had a really interesting perspective on just the local experience of the Philippines that I don't think a lot of people would think about. So I really just liked hearing about what she talked about and what she said. But I have to tell you, another one that really surprised me was a woman from Oaxaca. And she was fascinating. And Mm. she just loved her city so much. And she was actually from France and moved Mm. to Oaxaca, I think, five years ago. But she fell in love. She'll probably, I don't think she'd ever move back to France, but she just had such a passion and a drive to be there. And so hearing her love for that too was just incredible. So every one of my podcasts I really love and everyone has a story. And that's what I really try to bring out in my podcast. Yeah, I would imagine they wouldn't be a great tour guide if they didn't sell you on the place that they're, <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're introducing you to. So I would imagine there's probably more. Um, one of the most recent podcasts, I think at the time that I initially tried to interview you, you had done, you spoke with a woman from San Luis Obispo. California. Yes. That is, to me, it seems like such an out of the way, off the wall um, kind of place to go. It's a beautiful place, but I had never heard of it. It's except that I have a friend that lives there, right? It's a small town. So when I heard that, I went, oh, this is really interesting. I didn't know this was like a tourist destination. So you talk about places like France and Puerto Rico and Philippines. Are there, how do you get connected with people in some of these smaller towns like San Luis Obispo that people may not have heard of, but is it a beautiful place to visit? I really just try to do my research. And I also, what I do is I try to find people who are relevant on social media. I find that a lot of people, especially I'm gonna say millennial and younger, When you do your research and reviews, you're not only going on TripAdvisor, you are looking at their social media. You're looking at their Facebook, their Instagram, maybe if you're Gen Z, TikTok. You want to know what they're doing, right? You really want to see more behind the scenes. You really want to get into the brand, into the company, into what they're doing, who they're supporting, right? It's the who, what, when, where, why, and how. And that's how I think more and more people are going to start to do their research. Not saying TripAdvisor or Viator or any of these companies aren't great. I think it's one avenue to look at reviews, but I do think a lot of people are looking on social media. So when I was looking for people to interview, I truthfully would just reach out to people. I would do hashtag tour guide, right? And if you were on that, I would look up people. And then once I, that was before I launched the podcast officially, once I launched, then I would just start posting constantly and talking about a city of the day. That's what I usually do typically Monday through Thursday. And then I do a tour of the day. So if I do it, let's say today was Scottsdale, right? Okay. The tour of the day was Segway, you know, Scottsdale Segway tours then I'll find other tours that are Scottsdale tours and I just repost them. So then it gets more of a, you know, 
following for me. So people will follow me. They're interested to come on the podcast. And so I believe she might have found me um, because I've just been posting about other tour guides and she was interested to come on as a guest. So that's how I also funnel people through as well. Gotcha. That's uh, I want to hang on to that idea and talk about that a little bit later about how now people have started to come your way. Um, so let's hang on to that conversation. Let's transition now a little bit to talk about when you started and how you started and what you started with kind of the nuts and bolts of your podcast. So how long have you been doing this? First of all, when did you launch the travel experiences reimagined? I launched November 2021. It was probably the weekend before Thanksgiving. Okay. And I actually did a course for a couple of months. It was through uh, this woman, uh, Melissa, and she does Wit and Wire. And what I loved about her course is she really laid it out so beautifully to launching a, like what you do before launching a podcast, your thoughts about your intro, your outro, your music, mm -hmm. thinking about your trailer, writing out, you know, your purpose, what is like how to be niche, right? And what you're trying to do and articulate that. And some of this I knew because I had an idea, but for anybody who doesn't know, I think her course is great. If you don't want to look up a course, I think there's plenty of stuff out there on YouTube, this podcast in particular, there's so much out there that you can learn, but I think it's finding the essence of who you're talking to. Yeah. That th was the big thing for me. I, like I said, I initially thought I was just talking to tourists. I thought I was talking to tourists who would be interested in traveling. Right. I didn't think it would be travel agents. I didn't think it would be tour guides. I, that was not what my vision was, but I'm so grateful, right? That people want to listen and doesn't matter. But it was really being thoughtful in the process and keeping yourself organized. And again, there's we can go into all that, but right. in terms of just the podcast itself, I really used a course. I really wanted to understand how to do it the right way, what distribution platform to use, how you know to get people to listen, how to try to market. There's so much to podcasting that is not just this talking, right? right. This is yep. the fun part. But I think <laughs> people forget the back work. The amount of back work you do is a lot. I mean, it's right. a lot. Writing a blog post, creating an email campaign, doing the social media posts, tagging the people, right? It's like there's so much up to it that I book at least a month, month and a half that I have everything kind of ready to go. So I have a okay. whole kind of structure and process around that. Okay. So are you, so you're saying you're planned a month out, you've got things already recorded a month oh, out? Oh, I have everything have... recorded until like February of next year. Like oh, I'll wow. do bulk. Oh yeah. I have, yeah. it's all recorded. The hardest part is like the editing because I, I don't edit myself. I know that's very, some people do, some people don't. I don't, I work a full-time okay. job. Like it's just too much for me. Okay. I'd rather pay someone. Okay. Um, and so I just pay them, right? I give them my intro, my outro and the music and I give them the podcast and they edit it for me. So I have all my links, I have everything ready to go. So I even have notes, right, of like, please take this out or please take that out or please sure. remove this to make it easy for someone editing. But that took a while too to even come up with that process. Yeah. So there's, because if you do it yourself, obviously you have more control-ish, but yep. if you're not doing it yourself, you definitely want to be very clear and concise of what you need changed or how you want things to sound. So when you actually do sit down to record, what's kind of the equipment that you use? What's sitting on your desk right there sure. um, that maybe would be helpful for someone to know? I have my, I don't know if you can see this. It's my AKG Lyra okay. microphone. 
I love it. I got the pop filter on top from Amazon yeah. for 10 bucks. Okay. And the headphones. And so when you go through AKG, you can get the set of the microphone and headphones. And then when it comes to recording, I actually use Zencaster. It's a free application that you can remote record. I just do audio on my podcast. Um, okay. I find that certain people throughout the world don't have the best technology. Like for anybody looking to interview in Morocco, don't do it. Okay. <laughs> I've tried two different tour guides and it didn't work. I don't oh, know wow. if it's like their Wi-Fi. I don't know if it's just their their 5G or 3G or no G or whatever it is, but it was horrible. Okay. So, and I tried really hard. One guy I sat with for almost an hour trying to figure it out and I had Zencaster on, which by the way, if you use Zencaster, customer service is fantastic. So I like that. But yeah, in terms of just interviewing, I was nervous to do video. I didn't know how people would feel. For a lot of people, this was their first podcast they've ever done. Yeah. Tour guides have not had really, you know, any kind of access or ability of doing this or even thinking about going on a podcast. Yeah. So I wanted them to feel comfortable just to do audio and not have to worry about, you know, their face and their makeup and their body gestures and all of that. Yeah. And, you know, I think we talked early on when we were kind of making some plans to have this interview that this is primarily audio only. Um, I do release some people will see video clips on social media and stuff, but I like the video uh, as an interviewer, right? So I can see facial expressions. I can see nonverbals, but I totally understand as you're interviewing people around the world that may not have access to, to the technology or the, even the, the Wi-Fi or even a camera to do it, why that would be valuable. Have you ever done any like in-person interviews or video interviews or just audio through Zencaster. Just audio through Zencaster. I would love to do in person with people. The problem is I interview people from all over the world right. and I just don't have the ability or the equipment to really do it and even get the studio access. I just, I want to make this accessible for yeah. people to interview and I don't want to make this any more, and I don't want to say a burden, that's not the right word, but I don't right. want to make it any more complicated than it needs to be. I'm try I'd make it like very simple. I send directions to everybody of, you know, this is audio, please use headphones, please use, because it only works on Chrome, by the way. It, like for whatever yeah. reason, Zencaster doesn't work on Safari or anywhere else except Chrome. So I like write a lot of instructions and then I also repeat it again or I help with technical issues. So I, I try to give as much information as possible so people feel very comfortable. Yeah. So you do a lot of prep work, which I can really appreciate. I do think it it definitely helps the people you're interviewing take it a little more seriously, right? And it's not just, hey, give me a call and we'll have a conversation, right? Here's my process to give anyone an idea because I know I've, I'm on a bunch of podcast forums and people have been confused on how to intake information. Sure. So this is the process I use. I don't, I don't know if it'll work for everybody, but it's worked for me. So I'm happy to share it, which I use Airtable. If you don't know what Airtable is, it's essentially like a CRM kind of platform software. Okay. And you can make your own form. So I essentially created this entire form that's related to my template. So just to give like a quick overview of what I remember, but it's like their name, all their like their website, social media links. I have them kind of fill out an intro of what they want me to share in the beginning. And then what makes their tour so special. I ask them for a couple attachments where I ask for a photo of them, at least one. I ask for their logo. And then I also ask for them with their tour if they have one. I include that in email campaigns. I include their photo through social media. I use it for stories, posts, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And having, and then I also ask like, what time zone are you in? I also ask if you'd be interested to get 
um, my newsletter every Friday that I send out so they can check that as an option. So it's also like getting people in to funnel with you and to learn more about you and all that. Um, I also ask if they have headphones, if they have a microphone, if they have a laptop. I just feel those questions are important too. And at the end, I do my podcast um, guest release form where it's just like you check it. It's not like a big thing, but I like it for, you know, people know it's my podcast, right? I know there's a lot of legality of people trying to edit it, right? Or like say for me, right? If you didn't have a form, I could tell you, hey, Brian, I don't like how you... I don't like how I looked here. Can you edit this out? And I do it to protect myself to say you don't have any access for editing. So I like to include that too. So then when somebody fills out the form, I find it's really important because if you're not going to take my podcast seriously and fill out the form, then you're not really interested in coming on. Like if you fill out the form, then I send a second, I send another email to them. And the email just reiterates, thank you so much for filling out the form. Here's a breakdown and template of how I structure my podcast. And then I also say, here's a couple things to note before I recording. And here's a link to do my calendar. I use Calendly. So you can schedule a day and time that works on my calendar and just as much as yours. And for some people, right, I deal with Australia. I deal with, you know, the Philippines and I kind of abbreviate on the bottom like I understand my time zone may not fit with yours like please email me and we can schedule something so it's really just being mindful of time zones and giving people the ability to book when they're ready and through the research of the social media links I end up looking through all their social media right of other questions I can ask and I sometimes have 10 to 20 questions minimally that I'll ask I love that um is that all stuff that you kind of had in your brain going in or is that some of the content that you learned in the course that you took before you launched? Bit of both. I think I had an idea, but I think when you actually bring it to fruition and do it yourself, you naturally change things along the way. Yeah. And even before I had my website launched, I mean, I just needed people to even come on an interview. So I made like a presentation through Canva and I would just get people one-on-one for 30 minutes just to talk to me and explain to them who I was because I didn't even have a website to prove it, but at least I had something to show of like my excitement and what I'm doing and people loved it. They absolutely loved it. So at least mm. I got them jammed, but like, oh my God, look what I'm doing. I'm getting you so excited. I want to promote you here. I want to promote you there. And the only thing I ask of anybody coming on is just promote me, put me on your website, put me on your social, tell people, you know, about me. And that's really the one thing I ask of them. And most people do it. Um, some people don't. It's usually, you know, it depends on like the person and how tech savvy they are or if they're even interested you know, some one guy posted the podcast to like 30 different groups on Facebook and got me a lot of people listening to it. Some people promote through their stories or through Instagram. Some people put it through their email campaigns, like whatever it is. I don't, I don't particularly care, but at least that's how I'm trying to get the word out there of what I'm doing. What I want to do is I'll link the, the, I'll get some information from you and I'll link that course that you mentioned in the episode description of this. So if anybody's interested in kind of going through that course, I think that would be great. Let's talk about, let's kind of transition to this kind of last segment. And I want to hear about some of the challenges that you face. You've talked about a few of them uh, with, you know, time zones and technology. What is maybe another challenge that you faced going into this that maybe you didn't expect? True story, the microphone. Um, I know that sounds really silly, but I had no idea how the gain worked and all that when you make it high or low. So I actually recorded eight episodes and they all were bad. 
because my game okay. was so high that my editor told me I can't edit this. I'm really sorry. And I had to go back to all these people <laughs> and I said, can we please redo it? I'm so sorry. And everyone was super cool. I mean, one or two people didn't answer, but I expected that. Yeah. Um, but that to me was a challenge because I had no production experience. I had no background of how any of the intricacies of this worked. And so that was a big learning lesson <laughs> to understand even just how a microphone works. I really had no idea or structure or understanding how to do this. So for me, as silly as the difficulty is, I learned the hard way. <laughs> Has there been anything that you've tried that just hasn't worked out for you? So I tried to do reels, which I have to tell you, creating reels and, and doing that, that's like a whole other world. Oh, yeah. I tried to create reels for every podcast episode for a while. So like whatever the podcast episode was, I tried to do it based on the trend of the music. And it just, it's too much. Like personally, I think it's so much. And even the on the Wit & Wire um, course I did, she even said like pick one max two different social media platforms, typically ones that you do uh -huh. to help you get excited and promote it. Because the two I use for me is Instagram and Facebook. But uh -huh. I tried to also do reels on top of that. And you get to a point where it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot of work. And again, I'm not getting paid for it. So there's only right. so much that I'm capable of when I have other things and responsibilities. What are some of your next steps then? I don't know. Just interview. I'm really always looking for people. So if you're a tour guide or you host an experience, I'm always interested in interviewing you. Um, for me, I don't know where this is going to go. I love it. It's a passion. I'm excited to interview people. I'm excited to promote their podcast. I just, I don't know if I could do this forever, right? I don't think okay. anybody can do anything forever, but right. I'm not sure where I'm, it's going to go or what's going to happen. I, I guess we'll see, right? Okay. Yeah. Is there a place that you have not interviewed someone from that you're really excited about maybe potentially finding someone? Oh gosh, I'm trying for Greece or Croatia. Um, okay. I'd love somebody from there. I mean, I want to try to interview somebody from everywhere. I think the yeah. world's a beautiful place. And if I can interview anyone from anywhere, I'm always really fascinated. Is there ever a day where Mariel is a tour guide in some Maybe it's where you live now or some exotic place in the world. Debated it. I debated it. You know, I just moved to Charleston, South Carolina about a month, month and a half ago now. And I follow somebody who does, um, essentially they're called Travel Guides Asheville. Okay. And what they do, I guess they're, I'm assuming, local to Asheville. But they talk about all the things in Asheville, like top speakeasy bars, top restaurants, top hotels, top unique things to do for fall, right? They do all this cool stuff. And I think they get paid through um, advertisements or people who are local wanting to get their business supported. So I thought about doing something like that for Charleston. Charleston has so much out there in terms of different media and platforms. So I'm 50-50 if I want to do that. Yeah. But I, and there's a lot I of think, history there too, right? Yeah, I would, sure. I would be reading the rest of my life trying to figure out all the history here. There's a lot of history, a lot of food, a lot of cool stuff. There's fishing tours, there's walking tours, there's food tours, there's boat tours. There's so much cool stuff here. I mean, it's un like the tourism is unbelievable. Yeah. But I don't know if I would want to be a tour guide. You know, I, I like doing a tour. I don't know if I would want to lead a tour. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. You like being 
a participant, not the leader on the tour. Okay. Oh yeah. I want to be gotcha. the tourist. <laughs> you want to experience it. <laughs> awesome. 100%. I love that for sure. For sure. Mariel, this, this really has been a fun conversation for me and I'm sure there's going to be people that are going to want to find your podcast and follow you and some of the things that you do and learn about all these new cool places that you're interviewing people from. Where could they find you on social media? Perfect. Well, I'll give my website, which is www.travelexperiencesreimagined.com. Facebook, same thing. I am Travel Experiences Reimagined. And Instagram, same thing, Travel Experiences Reimagined. I am most active on those three. So you can go to my website. I have all my social media links there. But Facebook and Instagram is where I'm probably the most active and I post the most. Okay, very good. Well, I'll link to all of those. Hopefully people find you, ask you questions next time they go to Greece, if you can find someone there, or even San Luis Obispo, California, <laughs> I hope they look up your podcast and find out all the cool places to go. Mariel, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you so much, Brian. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Good Podcasting. All the tools and all the gear that we discussed today are linked in the episode description. So be sure to check that out if you're interested in anything that Mariel had to say, any of the tools that she shared and the microphones and the headphones and all the gear that we talked about as well. It's all there. And I'd also invite you to leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. I'd love to hear from you and hear what you think of this podcast. We do have new episodes every week designed to help you be a better podcaster. Some are interviews like today, and some are much shorter episodes like the one next week that is focused on the personal investment that it takes to be a good podcaster. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast, and we'll talk next week. Mm-hmm.